Every business should have access to high-speed internet, no matter where they are. But getting fast speeds in rural Canada hasn't always been easy, which meant less reliability, scalability, and connectivity. ExploreNet Enterprise Solutions has the network to help you do business virtually anywhere in Canada. With extensive fiber, fixed wireless, and satellite networks, we're bringing the high speeds of the big city to small towns, to tiny towns, and even no towns. No matter your business size or location, get connected today with ExploreNet Enterprise Solutions. Are you ready to clear a new path? Welcome to Clearing a New Path podcast, a space for the underrepresented voices of women entrepreneurs in rural Canada. I'm your host, Shauna Ray. Each episode, guests will speak authentic truth because it's the truth that connects us. Each one inspires us all to take up space within our own communities and within the business world, reminding us that each path can be messy and unique. Join us on the journey, clearing a new path. Jesse Thomas is the creator and owner of Farm Girl Fitness, a small group training facility with a focus on fresh air fitness. Farm Girl Fitness was established in the summer of 2020 to help provide people a safe place to work out, socialize, and support mental health during the pandemic. Multiple studio shutdowns due to COVID-19 created opportunities for Farm Girl Fitness to pivot. Jesse kept people moving by creating unique ways to work out outside, even during the winter. Because of Jesse's creativity and determination to succeed, Farm Girl Fitness not only survived the pandemic, but has also expanded to include two indoor studios on Jesse's family's farm. Jesse has been in the fitness industry since 2008 as a CanFit Pro certified group fitness instructor and coach. She was named one of Impact Magazine Canada's top fitness trainers and instructors for 2022. She is known among her peers and participants for her core values of caring, respect, and positivity. She is passionate about helping others to develop confidence in themselves, a love of fitness, and a positive body image. Jessie has spoken about her ability to pivot in business on breakfast television, the CanFit Pro 2021 Women Who Influence panel, and she can be heard on other podcasts, Breaking Body Bias and The Empowered Hour. Okay, Jessie, where do you hail from? Where in rural or remote Canada are you? I am right on the border of Milton and Halton Hills, Ontario. So this is... uh, 
a unique place in southern Ontario. We are located on top of the Niagara Escarpment, which is a beautiful part um, of Ontario, but we are right, right smack on the border of Halton Hills and Milton. Excellent. And let's talk about how your professional and maybe personal life led to you being your own boss. Yeah, so we have an interesting story. And when I say we, I mean my husband and myself. Uh, my husband is my business partner, thankfully. Uh, one of the great things to come out of COVID. And our business started because of and during the pandemic. So I was originally working for a large fitness company for about uh, 12 years when COVID hit. And working as a coach and an instructor, Uh, managing a a small program at the club as well. And then COVID hit and we all got sent home and we thought it was all going to last a couple weeks like everybody else did. And two weeks turned into two months. And as we've seen, two months has turned into two years. So it was probably in May of 2020 that I realized I needed to start doing something. This We weren't going back to work anytime soon. And I had the idea with uh, talking with a friend one day, I said, you know what, maybe I'll run some boot camps or something. But once uh, parks are open again, because I don't know where you are, but where we were, even parks were shut down, right? So I said, maybe once the parks reopen, you know, maybe I'll get some people to, to meet up there. And my friend who was visiting here at the farm said, why are you waiting for parks to reopen? She said, you live in a park like, look around, like you have 88 acres of space and trees and fresh air. And why are you waiting for parks? And I said, really? Do you think anyone would come? I don't know. And she said, trust me, people will come. So we decided we ran some trial classes in, uh, in May of 2020. And then June, we opened up to bookings and started really simply with just some, you know, basic boot camp style classes here outside on the farm. And it took off way more than I thought. Um, the things that people appreciated about what we had to offer were were even greater than what I, I had anticipated. People were just loving the experience of not only being with other people, but being in this kind of setting. Something that I have taken for granted uh, over the years. And uh, it went so well over that summer that we decided to commit to the business. It was late in the summer of 2020. And uh, it was actually a kind of a, a joke. I said to my dad, we share the farm with my parents. It's my parents' farm. And uh, we both, we live here together on the same property, different houses. And so I said to my dad, jokingly, I said, dad, I, I might need to, to use the barn, turn it into a studio because winter's coming. And it was literally, I had, I didn't even take it seriously what I was saying. And then the next day, my dad's like, okay, I thought about it. Yeah, we can make it work. (laughs) And so that's how we kind of, that was the, that's when I think of it as like the big commitment to the business is when we decided to really invest and make a a location. So we converted, started to convert part of what used to be a 16 stall horse barn into a studio, our first studio. And that was really exciting because then it was, it was permanent. It was real. It was a, a first really our first real big step and big investment. 
That studio opened in November of 2020 and then was shut down December 26 of 2020 due to another lockdown here. So that was hard to take. Uh, but again, COVID created an opportunity for us. So in January of 2021, I said to our members, I said, do you guys want to go outside? <laughs> I'm willing to go outside and work out with you if you are. It was literally the only option we had. And again, thanks to my dear old dad and his great suggestion, we converted one of our outdoor facilities. We call it the round pen. It's like a huge octagon that used to be used for horse training. We took the dirt out, filled it with sand because it wouldn't freeze and installed lights in there. And so people were covered. So we we're out of the snow and the wind and the rain, but it was open air on the side. So it was bylaw approved. And we ran classes in the winter um, and their coldest workout was minus 15. And reopened again, the studio briefly shut down again due to another lockdown. Reopened again, focused a lot on outdoor in the summer of 2021 in the fall. And then in the summer of 2021, we decided we want to commit a little bit more. So we converted another almost 2,000 square feet of the barn into a second indoor studio. So now we have two studios in the barn. So half the barn now is fitness and the other half. It's kind of cool. You can kind of see like the before and the after. And uh, that's kind of where we're at now. That new studio opened in February of this year, 2022. And yeah, so COVID has been a wild ride. And again, created opportunities for us that uh, I might not have, I might not have jumped on if, if it wasn't for, for the circumstances of the last couple of years. You took a big risk yeah. in, you know, you and your friend had that conversation, but that's different than actually, I can't even imagine the anxiety of wondering if somebody will show up. Like I say it now and I kind of laugh because we're on the good side of things now. You know, we have, uh, you know, well over 150 people coming per week now. But honestly, that was one of my biggest concerns was that people weren't going to show, which A, is just general self-doubt. I think every entrepreneur feels that and has that belief of like, but why me kind of thing. But the other chunk of it was because we were located rural in the rural area. So I thought that nobody <laughs> would want to drive the extra little bit to come see us. But once we were able to show people what we could offer them, like the, there's a benefit to coming out to this, this farm, um, the drive became irrelevant to people. And people tell me all the time, they say, you know what, as soon as I turn on your road, I just feel better. They say, I'm not even there yet. We haven't even done the class yet. And they say, I just feel better when I turn on your road. It makes me happy. So that warms my heart that people enjoy the space as much as I do. Are your clients a mix of rural-based and urban-based? Yes, some of them are. We definitely have some people that are neighbors. So I think I say that with air quotes when I say neighbors, because I think anybody who lives in a rural area, it's like you could be like three, four lines away, but you're like, oh, we're practically neighbors, right? So we, we do find out that we have some neighbors <laughs> yes. um, that are super excited to have something a little bit closer to them. So they're coming out. But I would say in large part, most of our members are from town. So to give you a reference, uh, typically for most people to get to us takes about 15 minutes. So we're in this really interesting spot to give you a point of reference. We're about 
on a good day. We're about 45 minutes west of Toronto. We're about 10 minutes north of the major highway that runs through southern Ontario, the 401. So a lot of times when people come to visit us, they're almost kind of surprised because it's this little piece of farm life, but it's not actually that far away from, (laughs) uh, quote unquote, again, the city. And people sometimes didn't know that these little areas existed. So again, about 10, 15 minutes from Halton Hills, uh, 10, 15 minutes from, from Milton. And we actually have people who are visiting us from even further away. They're using it almost like a, a treat, like it's like a destination to come and, and uh, take the morning or the afternoon and come see us. Um, so we've had people drive up to about 30 to 40 minutes from us to come and do a class. And they'll often come with friends they'll linger after. And we've kind of set up the place we encourage people to linger after um, and hang out with friends. So it is interesting to see how far people will come. Well, you've actually revolutionized the fitness industry because I think about, I'm going to go ahead and say we have in, in Ontario, the good life is all over. And in every town or city, there's, you know, several of that chain. Although people from a rural area or even from the other side of town would have to drive 15 minutes to get there. Now you're offering them something different that is almost a tourism slash health and wellness destination. Fresh air fitness, we call it, is something that we believe is definitely here to stay. So it's not new per se. There's always been, you know, somebody in probably the town you live in that's been running outdoor boot camps for a few weeks over the summer. But as time went on, we saw that it was really the combination of the fresh air from a a safety standpoint. So of course, with COVID, that's what a lot of people were looking for. Gyms, unfortunately, got a lot of bad press over COVID. Uh, Even today, we're still kind of having to overcome those fears and objections from people, helping them realize how safe actually fitness facilities are. But so many people, even still very nervous and just feel better being in a fresh air scenario. So even our studio, the way it's set up, our studios have uh, not only windows, uh, but the one, the new studio actually has the giant double barn doors that open completely Uh, with a screen because we have bugs here, surprise. And uh, that's going to allow for our studio to be one of the safest in the area. So gone are the days of like people having to go into an atypical big box gym and it smell like old socks and gym shorts. And, (laughs) but like you said, the wellness part of it. And I, and I really love that word. And I think it's a word that's taken on new meaning the last couple of years is that idea that wellness really is mind and body. And going back to, you know, those people who say, I just feel better when I when I drive down your road or when I pull in, um, that became a huge part of it. So a large chunk of our ma- members now, they're not visiting us because they're scared of COVID and because they want the fresh air. They're visiting us for the fresh air because it makes their mind and their body and their heart feel good. And there's just, you know, there's something about 
doing a stretch class laying on your back while butterflies fly over top of you and bald eagles and you can hear a rooster in the background. Like, it's just, I can't make this stuff up. You know, it's, it's, it's the way we're, we're supposed to be, I believe. And so people are really, truly appreciating that mind-body connection um, a lot more over the last couple of years. You mentioned membership. Is, is that the bulk of how you make money? Do you charge by the individual class? Do you have traditional workout equipment there as well? Most people in the fitness industry do expect there to be yearly, monthly memberships that include an unlimited amount of uses. We, from the beginning, decided that we wanted to focus on being what we would call ourselves a small boutique-style studio. And that is for a couple reasons. We focus on small group training. So you cannot come and use the studio whenever. We do not have treadmills. We do not have ellipticals. Everything works on a small group training basis. So although it's labeled as a class, it's really the perfect blend of where group fitness and personal training meet together. So the max amount of people in any class at any time, regardless of COVID restrictions, is 15 people max which allows us to keep eyes on people and to help people individually. So each class has a coach and we're really focused on getting, you know, uh, personal, getting to know each person and helping them as they need to. So we decided to work on a class pass style of membership. So this was again, hard for some people in our area to wrap their head around because the only thing they were used to was the large big box gym. In the city, especially in Toronto, there is a ton of boutique style studios. It's very common and uh, not unusual to pay sometimes upwards of $30 and up per class. If you know you were in Toronto, nobody would bat an eye at that. But around here, small group studios paying per class, it was a little unusual. So we bought in or brought in the option to have different amounts of class passes. And then we really focused on the benefit of this for people in these times, which was that you're only paying for what you're using. The class pass is good for a year. Like surely you'll use these passes over the course of a year. And that, that idea that life can change. And if you, you don't, aren't able to come and see us for a while, that's okay. So in the beginning, you know, of COVID, things were really all over the place. People didn't know if they were keeping their job. People didn't know if they were working double time. Like life was all over the place and they didn't know if they were going to get sick. And we made it really clear. If you have any symptoms, if you're around somebody who does, we don't want you to come, right? So the class pass allowed us to not have to get into the, I guess, stressful side of gym ownership which has always been memberships. And I've worked on that side and I've seen that and it's a little bit of a nightmare. So sometimes when people say, oh, do you have a, you know, a yearly unlimited membership? And we say no, some people don't like that because they think that they're not making or they're not getting enough out of it as they could. They think they're not getting a deal, right? But they're also relating that to the big box gym, which takes your money regardless of whether or not you show up and has a little bit of everything for everyone. Whereas that's, I always say that's kind of like apples and oranges. We're not like them. If you look at how we work and how they work. So when you come, you're not just paying for the use of the area. You're, you're paying for your coach. You're paying for somebody who will text you if you don't show up and say, where were you? How are you doing? 
and somebody who knows what you're working on knows your injuries and takes you into account when they're planning <laughs> the class when they see you booked. So it's getting people used to that idea of more personalized service. There is a value for what you're paying for. And that in the end, it actually works better for people because now they're not wasting their money. So we have some people who see us maybe once a week. We have some people who see us three times a week. We have some people who come once every couple of weeks. It's like their treat. They work out at home mostly. Maybe on the weekends, they come see us for an outdoor class. It's something special. They come see their friends. But that's why we decided to go that way instead of what typically the fitness industry has. Well, the fitness industry is toxic <laughs> and uh, in general. And what you're doing is, is to try to bend that on its or turn it on its ear. And um, I remember hearing this from a boutique owner in a city who used to work at a big box. And he said that 70% of the people that purchase yeah. a membership never set foot in that gym and they count on that. I will never forget that. As long as I live, it sticks, it's emblazoned in my mind. And that to me is ridiculous. And for someone yeah. to say yeah. to you, you know, like, oh, I'm not getting a deal. Uh, what? Um, they're, you know, 70% of those people that they're making money from never come to their gym. And you are offering something that is personal, is outside of the city limits. And another part let's talk about in the fitness industry is the body image, the expectations. As a consumer who's been a member of many, many, many different gyms, and I live in a rural area now and belong to a, a boutique gym that I love, it is very different in my gym where I go or the place that I go, it's not mine, compared to a larger center where there is very much a lot of expectations yeah. and, and a lot of perceptions of what is fit. This is a big passion um, of mine. The brand name is Farm Girl Fitness. I always tell everybody, I'm the farm girl in Farm Girl Fitness. Everybody is welcome here. We have lots of guys that come too. But let's face it, primarily, uh, it's women in group fitness settings. And I've just seen so, so many women over the years who have, in essence, sabotaged their progress because of what they think is good, what they think is perfect, what they think they should be trying to attain. And so here we kind of have, we have a few different rules here. <laughs> and, and one of them is a always listen to your body. It knows best and it always is talking to you. You just have to listen to it. We believe that fitness is a blessing and not a curse and not everybody gets to participate in fitness. And if you've ever had an injury or something happened to you, you know, you, you tend to appreciate it a little bit more when you come back to it. So treat it, treat it well, uh, appreciate it. So many times people exercise out of punishment and that's not the case. And the third rule we have here is that we don't tolerate negative speech. So that sounds obvious, nothing towards somebody else. We're all adults here, right? Okay. But the other side of that is we don't tolerate negative speech towards oneself, and again, one of the most common things I hear over the years is, you know, a grown woman who, as you're teaching her something, saying, no, I can't do that. I'm too fat. I'm too old. I'm not in shape. I suck at this. 
And so over the years in coaching people, you know, I, I got sick and tired of being like, no, you can, you can do it. And then it was just like this argument of like, no, I can't. Yes, I can. No, I can't. So over the years, I developed a little tactic where I said, don't say anything out loud that you don't want me to agree with. So if you say, I'm so fat, I'm so old, I can't do this. I'm going to look at you in the eye and say, you're right. You are so fat and you are so old and you can't do it. And then they do this shock look and I say, I just repeated what you just said. Like, what's the problem? I'm just repeating what you just said. Helping people to see that that dialogue doesn't make them better. And when they change what they say out loud, they change their life. And part of the reason we, I have this as a rule is because we see people all the time who come from that toxic fitness environment who, where that was a norm, just always feel not good enough, to always feel like you're striving for something. When we designed the studio, I said, I don't want to have mirrors in here. A, they're a real pain in the ass to clean. <laughs> B, B, I said, over the years of teaching people, you always have those people that are staring at themselves in the mirror nonstop and their form is terrible. And then you have the other people who are like running away from the mirror and don't like them. So I said, you know what? We're just not going to have mirrors. And I have had multiple people in the last month thank me for not having mirrors in the studio, which I thought was interesting. You really listen to, you know, these statements people say it's, it's about listening to also where they came from and realizing that it is not only just a couple of years, but for some people it's five, 10, 20, 30 plus years of hearing the same narrative. And unfortunately, the fitness industry is just now starting to see that shift in what is beautiful, what is strong, what is healthy. And so we're in, we're in a good place and that change is happening. And I'm really grateful to be a part of that, that I get to have my brand that plays a role in helping people to change that narrative. So here we're we're big into functional strength. We actually have a class called Farmer's Chores, uh, which came about one day because I was bailing hay with my dad. And I was like, I should just get my members to do this and charge them for it and call it a workout. <laughs> so that's how that class came about. So we literally, it's sandbags, it's bales of hay, it's tires. it's, And so it, it kind of fits with who we are and what we're all about, which is like, you know what, if you look cute at the end of your workout... You probably have some more work to do. Uh, when you're done, you probably have you probably have some straw down your bra and sand in your hair, and and that's how you know you had a good workout here. So <laughs> we're all about that that idea that uh, you know life requires strength, and so let's let's work hard and enjoy the hard work. What specific challenges have you faced as a rural entrepreneur, but also as a rural woman entrepreneur? COVID, which is tough because it's, it's challenges where your hands are tied a lot of times and you feel kind of stuck, like a, a lockdown is out of your control, right? So that's, that's been sometimes the toughest days um, over the last couple of years. From a rural aspect, like I said, probably the, the biggest challenge was just getting my head around it in the beginning. And, and once we realized, you know what, the, the distance is not an issue. Once I got over that, then a lot of things changed. Sometimes simple things like we talked a little bit about you and me, uh, internet connection. <laughs> so we did do a lot of online classes for over a year. We did online classes as an option. 
And that was a real challenge, trying to run Zoom classes with lagging internet or it just failing partway through. And then feeling like I didn't look professional or sound professional was really hard. Um, so always on the search for, for better services. Uh, we live on a road, speaking of, that right now in the spring season is just falling apart. We actually had a giant sinkhole that appeared a couple weeks ago. So again, kind of being at the mercy of our region to fix things. <laughs> um, so again, people can get here um, safely and comfortably. And I would say sometimes too, uh, sometimes permits and things like that can be a challenge. So we live in an area where it's like three levels of uh, permits that we've got to go through. So Niagara Escarpment Commission is one, conservation is another, and then the town. Uh, I think a lot of rural people are in a similar um, situation. So again, not getting frustrated by that, staying positive, do what you got to do but never lose that mindset of trying to seek solutions. So sometimes in those instances, when it comes to permits, honestly, there are some people just sitting behind a desk that look at a thing and say, nope, 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 nope. And they, that can be really hard. I get really frustrated again with the things that I can't control. Um, so again, looking for solutions, not giving up and knowing that what you have to offer is really important to people that rural setting uh, whether it's something like us with fitness, but so many other things, it gives people more than ever a taste of what, again, I believe life should really be like, um, and it's helping people. So remind yourself of that. I feel like if anyone's listening to this and they're feeling frustrated by some of those rural, rural challenges, just remember, you know, what you're doing and why and stick with it. How did you get the word out? To anyone listening who knows that social media is a big part of, you know, perhaps your marketing strategy, don't get down on yourself if your numbers aren't what you think they should be. It doesn't matter. If you have 10,000 followers, but only 20 of them ever buy from you, big deal. If you have 2,300 followers and 90% of them live around you and are, are potential customers, to me, that makes a bigger difference. So the social media, yes, it's something I enjoy. I spent a lot of time working on and researching. And so we use that to our advantage. Um, it also helps that our setting is, to use the word, Instagrammable, which means our gym, our workout area looks nothing like a big box gym. And let's face it, they right. all kind of look the same. So even when I was designing my website, uh, working with a website designer, I really wanted to try to find a woman, which was a little bit difficult, I have to say. And I wanted to find someone who was somewhat local, who understood the look we were trying to put out there. And she said, find me some websites that, you know, that you kind of mm -hmm. like and that you'd like to, you know, use them as a reference. And I said, I can't. Everything I find is so masculine dominated. It's going back to the look of the fitness industry. Everybody looks the same way. Everything's in like black and white and red and orange and like, just like, yeah, it's always like black and white, black and white. And I said, no, no, no. Our color, our main color is actually green. Our Instagram feed does kind of change with the seasons, but by and large, that's what I love to show is blue sky and green grass and cornfields and and the seasons as they change. Um, so 
again, we have a, a business that works well on Instagram. That's the kind of stuff people like to see and they like to share. So one of the things I did was when people would come and visit us, I, and I love taking pictures. It's my side hobby. If I wasn't doing what I'm doing, I'd probably want to be a photographer. And so I, just on my, my phone, right, snapping pictures, I go into the Lightroom app, I edit them, make them look real nice, and then I send them to people after class. I say, thanks for coming. Here's some pictures from your workout today. Well, guess what they do? They take them and they post them. And I don't even have to ask them. They'll just share it. Or if I post pictures with them in it, I make sure I tag people and yeah. then they automatically share. So when I ask right. new people who come, I say, how did you hear about us? Nine times out of 10, the answer is through we use Instagram and Facebook nine times out of 10. It's always the way, Oh, I saw a friend of mine. She was there. And I said, I had to find out like, where were you? What's that all about? It looks so unique. It looks so cool. So social media has played a big role. Pictures, video, we're trying to use more. Had some professional video done as well, invested in that, which was totally worth it. Um, but for us and our target market, Instagram and Facebook have been our two main social media platforms. You touched on it a little bit, not to get frustrated with um, some of the red tape of starting your own business, but any other advice? My dad grew up in rural Saskatchewan on a farm. His uh, his grandparents immigrated to Canada from Germany and Ireland. And yeah, like he grew up with eight kids on a, on a farm, one room schoolhouse. Uh, the joke is my, my dad was born in February in the back of a horse sleigh. No joke. The guy has been around and uh, and has some stories to share. But when I was trying to decide if I was going to stick with my my job, I had, and I was saying to him, I said, "Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence. Like, there's, I I don't know what to do." I had made some some great progress in that previous job, made some great friends, was doing some great things, and I, I said, "It's kind of scary." So he said to me, he said, "So, what do you want?" Like what? Wow. And I said, dad, it's not that simple. Like, that's what I'm trying to figure out. And he said, no, no, no. What do you want like your life to look like? Stop thinking about your job for a second. What do you want your life to look like? And I said, well, I, I want to work less and make more for starters. I want to be able to garden more in the summer with my mom. I want to do more canning, especially with food prices. Now I want to, raise more chickens. I want to spend more time with my family. Like that's, that's kind of my life. Like that's what I want my life to look like. And he goes, okay, so now pick which thing works with that. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, I know which one it is. Cause if you think always about the job first, there's always going to be like a thousand reasons not to, there's always going to be a hundred scary things. But as much as our, our businesses and you know, they're a big part of our lives, but we all know that at the end of our days, that's also not the thing that's most important to us. All of us know that those other things about how you spent your time, the people you spent it with and what you did with your time is more important. So when he said that, I was like, yeah, I think I know which one I have to do. I knew that starting my own business would allow me to stay more in control of my life. Um, my husband and I both do some volunteer work um, which is really important to us. We have always kind of adjusted our lives to work around that. There's all these things that like, before you know it, if, if you blink, that can kind of disappear. Priorities can change quickly. 
And again, if there's a good thing to come out of COVID, it's that hopefully a lot of people reassess some of those priorities in life and what was more important. So I guess my advice would be think about very clearly and write it down. It's often helpful. What do you want? What do you want your life to look like? And does starting a business help support that? It might not. It's not always a guarantee that it does. Could depend on the business, could depend on what's going on in your life right now. But if that's kind of the guiding factor, you'll you'll tend to make a better decision. And then you'll always remember your why. So even for myself, this last year and a half has been extremely busy. Um, the last six months in particular, I had to make some changes. Um, my health was starting to suffer. Um, I had four weeks of a migraine and didn't know why. I had dizziness and I started to get pain in my jaw. And a friend of mine said, you should check your blood pressure. And the highest I registered it at was 188 over 134. And as someone who is a fitness professional, that was a little shocking. Uh, Never thought in a million years that that would happen. And needless to say, stress caught up with me. I have it a bit in my genetics too, with the high blood pressure thing, which didn't help. But it forced me back in uh, early December of 2021 that I had to kind of take stock. Things were getting... I had kind of been in survival mode for too long and uh, had found a way to function in it, but had lost sight again of my why. So that forced me to kind of double check and say, okay, no, no, no. Where can I delegate? I got to stop trying to do everything myself. Uh, We're in a good place. You know, growth is going to happen, but it it takes delegating too. And uh, coming back to that why and what you want your life to look like it'll always help you to kind of stay on the right track. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jesse. It's been an absolute pleasure and inspiration listening to you and all the best. Thank you so much for having me. I think it's great what you're doing. this episode, please subscribe, rate it, and leave a review. It really helps others find us. Clearing a New Path podcast artwork is supported by the graphic design of Katie Wilhelm, and the music branding is by Imagine a Dev Studios. The podcast is produced by Radar Media in Temp Centre, Ontario. It is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, and neutral peoples who once used this land as their traditional beaver hunting grounds. The First Nations communities closest to this studio are Chippewa of the Thames First Nation, Oneida Nation of the Thames, Muncie, Delaware First Nation, and the Chippewas of Kettle and Stony Point. We will speak to many people across Turtle Island, and as a settler here, I'm committed to deepening understanding of Indigenous communities and reframing responsibilities to land and community. I am grateful to Mother Earth for the opportunity for love and connection, and to the spirits of the elders and the medicine people who still walk the earth. Until next time.